welcome, and thanks for joining The Journey. Hi, my name is Leah, and I'm a worship pastor in Ohio. I've been married for nearly 20 years to my husband, Greg, and have two amazing boys, Zane, 17 and a half, and Quinn, nearly 15. I'm on a journey to yes as I follow the Lord's leading in this season of my life, and I hope to inspire others to step out of the boat like Peter and walk on water, never looking to the left or right and getting distracted, but rather fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Welcome to episode two of The Journey. I'd like to take a moment to explain what episodes will consist of for the future of this podcast. As you might recall, the first episode was all about my journey. And as my journey to yes continues to unfold, I'll share more about it in future episodes. Oh, and and by the way, if you haven't listened to episode one yet, can you push pause, go back, find it, listen to it, come here and resume episode two? All right, well, other episodes like today's are all about journeys taken by people in the Bible. So many people in the Bible had faith journeys, and I thought it'd be fun to dive deep into their stories as an encouragement to you which leads to the third type of journey coming in future podcast episodes, your journey. Along the way, I'd like to have guests share their story, their journey of how God has led them each step of the way. So as you tune in each week to each episode, my prayer is that you are blessed by every story shared, and then encourage you to reach out and share your story with me. You can go to my website, leahmenzie.wixsite, that's W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com, slash the dash journey. You can click on the connect tab to connect with me through the form there. You can fill that out and push submit. You can click the email button or you can send me a message on Instagram. I look forward to hearing all about your journey. Now for today's journey. I am so excited to share this story. This this particular journey has been an anchor for me as I've traveled my own path. It begins in Genesis 12 with a guy named Abram. Most probably know him as Abraham. Well, this story takes place before his name was changed to Abraham. And Abram was first mentioned in Genesis 11 when it talks of his genealogy. You can read the entirety of the story from Genesis 12 to 25, and there's so much to cover, so I'm hitting the highlights here. But I encourage you to go back and read it all for yourself. It's believed that Abram was about 70 to 75 years old when we pick up on his story in Genesis 12. The heading for this chapter is, is called The Call of Abram. The word call in a religious sense is, is to have a religious vocation, working for the Lord, so to speak. So this heading, the call of Abram, alludes to the fact that the Lord is leading him to something outside of himself. A little side note from one of my favorite passages in scripture in Hebrews 11, it says, this is a spoiler alert, by the way, by faith, Abraham, when called to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. All right, let's jump back to Genesis 12. We don't really know much about Abram up until this point. There's no real information presented about his relationship with the Lord or any interactions prior to this passage. Abram's people, including his father Terah, worshipped false gods. You can find that in Joshua 24 too. And so we can assume that prior to his calling by God, Abram was not in relationship with the Lord. 
We know that Abram was wealthy and settled with his father's extended family in Haran. And he was married to Sarai, but they were barren and childless. In the first verse of the chapter, we read about the Lord giving three commands. He says, leave your country, leave your people and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. With these commands, the Lord follows it up with promises. So he says, go, leave your country, go, leave your people, leave your father's household, and go to a land I will show you. So he's saying, leave from here and go to here. So the promise is, he says, he, he says I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless those who bless you. I'm going to curse those who curse you. And all people will be blessed through you. I don't know about you, but it just seems a little uh, scary, risky, I guess you'd say, to pack everything up and leave what is comfortable and familiar and go somewhere that you're yet not told where to go, but trusting the promises will follow. So Abram does as he's told. He packs everything up, including his wife Sarai. You might know her as Sarah, his nephew Lot, and then he leaves what's comfortable, what's familiar, and he sets out on this journey. You see, Abram could not stay where he was and still obey God. He was called to leave his pagan culture in order to commit himself to the Lord. In his going, though, God promised to do great things for him. The next few chapters detail an incident that happened in Egypt when Abram lies about Sarai being his wife in order to protect himself from potential harm from Pharaoh. Well, this leads them to leaving Egypt and continuing the journey towards the Negev. Abram and his nephew Lot have large herds, and, which means they've got lots of people, lots of herdsmen. And these herdsmen begin to quarrel over the lack of land. So Abram and Lot decide that they need to separate. So Lot gets first choice of the land, and he chooses fertile land near Sodom. And if you know anything about the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot and his wife, this really ends up costing him dearly with the loss of his wife. But that's a story for a different day. And as Abram parts ways with Lot, the Lord once again reminds him of the promise that, quote, all the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. I have to mention, Abram and Sarai are barren, just like I said in the beginning. They have no offspring. So if I were Abram in this moment, I, I can imagine tucking that promise away in the back of my mind and going, what in the world does that mean for my offspring? We can't have kids. The next chapter has a bunch of battles that eventually leads Abram to meet Melchizedek, king of Salem, and then he receives a blessing. And then the very next chapter, 15, it begins with a covenant between God and Abram. And it starts off with one of my all-time favorite phrases found in the Bible over and over again. It says, do not be afraid. And then the Lord does some more talking, and Abram responds to him out of confusion because he's still childless, but yet continues to have a promise of things for his offspring. And it says, then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. Then he took him outside and he said, look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And I love this next part. This is Abram's response. Abram believed the Lord and he credited to him as righteousness. I just love his faith in that. He knows he can't have kids. But yet the Lord has spoken a promise over his life. And so he credits to him as righteousness and he believes him. And I want you to take note of what the scripture says. It says, then the word of the Lord came to him. It was a God word, not a good word. 
There's something significant about understanding the difference between the two. A lot of people can give you good advice, and I would call it just that, good advice. But Abram believed and trusted in God and in his word. And that's the word that supersedes a good word. Always, always follow the leading of a God word over a good word, even if the God word, like Abram in this instance, doesn't make any sense. All right, so now we're up to Genesis 16, which contains a twist in the plot. So Abram and Sarai decide to take things into their own hands because they still have this promise of offspring, but they're still without child. So Sarai suggests that Abram sleep with their maidservant in order to have a kid. And so this is what I'm talking about when I say a good word. It sounded good in the moment, but it wasn't what God spoke. So Abram sleeps with Hagar, and Hagar gives birth to Ishmael. We skip ahead, and we get to a chapter where we see Abram enters into another covenant. He was 99 years old at the time, and still without having a child with Sarai. At this time, God tells him he's going to be a father of nations and no longer called Abram, but this is when he changed his name to Abraham. In addition to this promise, he promised the land of Canaan and everlasting possessions for his descendants. But in order to do this, the covenant was that every male would be circumcised, and this would be a sign of the covenant and the promise that's to come. So at the same time, Abram, who's now Abraham, found out his wife Sarai, who, by the way, was no longer called Sarai, but the Lord said she will now be called Sarah. They were informed that she would give birth to a son. And this next part gets me every single time because it just shows the humanness of Abraham. It says, Abraham fell face down and laughed. He laughed at the thought. Can you imagine finding out at the age of 99 that your 90-year-old wife, who's been barren your entire marriage, but now you're going to give birth to a son, and this son is going to become a great nation? Yeah, well, I would probably laugh too. I can't imagine at my age, although not 90 years old, and my kids being 17 and a half, one getting ready to go to college, and the other um, in the middle of his freshman year of high school, someone saying to me, and now you're going to start all over and you're going to have a baby. Oh my goodness, I'll tell you what, I don't know. That, that would be a good one on the Lord's end, and I would have to really, really know that he has some awesome plans for that child, because it wouldn't be in my plan, it would be in his. And that's where we find Abraham and Sarah. See, they had a plan. Hagar gave birth to Ishmael. That was the plan. But God had better plans. Plans that didn't match what they had for their lives because they thought they were barren and done. But God knew. And his plan and his promise is always better. His ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. And so if I put myself in this position, I'm 99. My wife is 90. We've been barren, but we're promised a kid, and now, now the miracle of this child is coming. Even in trusting God's plan, I can imagine I would probably fall face down, and I don't know that I would be laughing, probably crying, but in Abraham's instance, he decides to fall face down and laugh and go, oh my goodness, I'm not sure how it's happening, but once again, I'm going to continue to trust you. So let's resume the story. Time goes on, Isaac is born. And this next part of the journey is one of the best faith tests of all time. It's, it's one of the most well-known stories in the Bible. And it's when Abraham, he's promised this son, this son 
he gets an Isaac, and God keeps saying that he's going to be this great nation. But then we get to Genesis 22, and we find God speaking to Abraham and presenting him with an ultimate test. And God calls Abraham, and Abraham responds, here I am. There's so much I can say about that phrase, here I am. There's something to be said about responding in such a way that demonstrates your availability. Abraham heard the Lord call, and he responded, here I am. You know, Abraham had to be so in tune with the Lord to hear him be called, and then to also be able to respond and say, here I am, knowing that he had something that he needed to hear. That's huge. That's huge. Are you in a position to where you can hear your name called and then to respond with, here I am? Because sometimes, you know, I think about it like my kids. Mom, mom, and I'll answer, yeah, but I'm still doing what I'm doing. and I'm not in a position to hear what it is that they need. But Abraham said, here I am. He heard his name called. He stopped what he was doing, and he responded in this, this state of availability. And this next part is what really tugs on the old heartstrings. God asked Abraham to take his only son and offer him as a burnt offering. What did Abraham do? Abraham, here I am. God says, take your kid, the one whom you love, and go offer him as an offering to me. So he did. He took Isaac, he gathered wood, he took a servant, and they set out for a place that God instructed. Holy smokes, twice, two times, God tells Abraham to leave what is comfortable and to go to an unknown land. Leave what's comfortable, go to an unknown land meant for his descendants. So he trusted. That was time number one. Second time now, God says, take your kid, go to the place I'm telling you, and offer him as a sacrifice. The son, the son that I promised would be a great nation, I want you to take him and offer him up. And I want to point out a portion of scripture that jumps out to me indicating Abraham's faith. Because in this, in this part of the story, he's speaking to the servant who's with him. And he says to the servant to wait with the donkey. And then he says, we will worship, then we will come back to you. We will worship, then we will come back to you. He's talking about taking his son Isaac. And he says to the servant, you wait here with the donkey. We are going to go. We are going to worship, and then we are going to come back to you. So did Abraham know what was coming? Did he have such faith that he just knew the Lord would come through in the last minute and send a ram in his place? I'd like to believe yes, because as the scripture says, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. That's Abraham talking to Isaac when Isaac says, but, but father, where's the lamb? Where's the, where's the offering? And, and Abraham, after just talking to the servant, saying, we are going to go and we're going to come back, he says to his son, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Takes Isaac, lays him on the altar, is ready to offer him as a sacrifice. And the next thing we read is the angel of the Lord shouts out, Abraham, Abraham. And once again, Abraham responded with, here I am. You know, what a place to be in where you are so in tune with the Lord that you can hear his voice so clearly and be available. Even when it seems to be in one of the biggest faith tests of all time. Because I can imagine, once again, I just put myself in Abraham's position. I'm going, God, you promised me this son. I was 99 and you promised me this son and this son came. And now you're asking me to offer him up. But once again, 
I know that you've promised that he would be a great nation. I, I have to believe you've got a better plan than this for him. And I think that I might find myself in my head, right, thinking through all of these scenarios in my head as I'm getting ready to put my kid up on the altar and get ready to, to offer him as a sacrifice. But Abraham was so in tune with the Lord that in the midst of his biggest, one of his biggest faith trials of all time, he hears his name, Abraham, and once again out of availability because he's so present with, with his relationship with the Lord, he says, here I am. And at that moment, they found a ram whose horns was cu- were caught in the thicket, and Abraham was able to sacrifice the ram as a burnt offering instead of his son Isaac. You see, faith is often unlocked in a test. Faith is often unlocked in obedience. And faith is unlocked even in sacrifice. This isn't where Abraham's story ends, but it's the end of the journey for this episode. There's so much more that I could have unpacked with this journey, and I really, truly do hope that you go back and take time to reread the scripture for yourself and allow the Holy Spirit to speak directly to you about where you are in regards to your faith. God told Abram, Abraham now, to leave his home, to go to a land that he did not know. God promised Abram an open heaven over his life and, that, and for the generations that come after him. And without any hesitation, you don't see any part in Genesis 12 where Abraham goes, mm, can I think about it? Mm, let, let me pray on that. No, without hesitation, he stepped out in faith, he packed his bags, he packed up his wife, he packed up his nephew, and he obeyed because he heard God's voice and he trusted in his leading. The journey wasn't easy. There were a lot of things that happened between Genesis 12 and Genesis 25. But Abraham believed in the promises of God, even in his humanness, where he fell on his face and laughed about it, even in his humanness, where he and Sarah decided that Hagar was going to be the one to have the kid because they just didn't understand at the time. Even in all of that, he still trusted. He still stepped out in obedience. He still was led, knowing that the Lord had made a promise and that he knew he would follow through. So some questions for you as as I end this episode. Have you heard the Lord calling? Like Abraham. Abraham, Abraham. Are you available like Abraham them to reply, here I am? Or are you like, hey, hold on a second, let me finish what I'm working on. Or hey, I think I heard you, but I'm going to go talk to so-and-so about it and make sure that's exactly what I'm... Have you heard from him? Are you available to reply, here I am? And if you're available, and if you hear him, (laughs) here's the next part. Are you willing to leave what's comfortable and familiar and step into the unknown, trusting his plan and purpose for your life? Because there were multiple steps. Abraham had to hear the Lord. He had to be available and respond to the Lord, here I am. And then he had to be willing to do what was asked of him. Leave, leave, go. I know like Abraham, God has promises for you and they are good. The question is, are you ready to accept the call and join the journey? Are you in a place where you can hear him and be available like Abraham and say, here I am. As I sign off on this episode of the journey, my prayer for you is that you would be like Abraham. You would hear the Lord calling. You would reply with, here I am, 
and that you would be willing then to leave what's comfortable and familiar and step into the unknown, trusting all the while that his plans for you are good and he has a purpose for your life. Thanks for listening to The Journey. Until next time, journey on.